Hi, everyone. It's Aviva Rumani, and this is Kindred Cast, unfiltered conversations with the business and cultural leaders who shape the world we live in. Kindred Cast is a production of Kindred Media, powered by Lion Tree, the global investment and merchant bank. For more insightful content, including our podcasts, newsletters, and events, and to get in touch with us, search for Kindred Media wherever you're listening to this. Hi, I'm Alex Michael, co-head of Lion Tree Growth here at Lion Tree, and we have an all-star podcast today, live from Los Angeles. We have none other than Paris Hilton, the Paris Hilton, and the Carter Reem. Well, I appreciate you giving me the next to my wife. Well, Thanks, you Alex. Deserve it. You deserve <laughs> it. They are husband and wife as of last November. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. One of LA's hottest power couples. <laughs> I said it. You didn't say it. I said it. Thank you. And we are so thrilled to have you. Again, it's All-Star Week here in Los Angeles. It's Major League Baseball All-Star, but we're not talking about sports today. We're talking about business, investing, celebrity, creators, fame, Web3. We have a lot to cover. And we're so appreciative of you taking the time because I know there's a high opportunity cost to that. <laughs> Anything for Lion Tree, right, Pete? Yes. Oh my gosh. That we is love music Lion Tree. to our ears. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. God. So guys, I want to jump right into it because we've got a lot to cover. Again, this is pretty rare to have you both here. This is, you said the only, Paris, the second time you've done one with Carter? Well, I have my podcast, This Is Paris, and Carter was my first guest. It was right after our wedding. Um, But we've never been interviewed together for a podcast. All right. So we'll see how this goes. First time. But you guys are doing well. We're now, we're eight, nine months into this. We're still liking, we still like each other. Love, love, love. love. Can't get enough of each other. Yeah. About to celebrate 31 month anniversary. (laughs) That's a big one. It's a baby (laughs) That's a big milestone one. Perfect. (laughs) We celebrate monthly. Well, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the years for a second. So Paris, you've been in the public spotlight for at least two decades now, pretty much, probably longer. And what I want to ask you about is how you've maintained such amazing relevancy through now, what are multiple generations, and you've been ahead of trends in media literally since day one. And so just in quick chronology, and then I'll stop talking, you do The Simple Life in 2003, ran for five seasons with Nicole Richie. It was the first of the reality TV wave. All over that, that's where the world was going. And then you get into brand and licensing around your fame and building out the product businesses and other things around that ecosystem. Then you get into using social media and the different tech platforms. Then you get into DJing. You were really early there. I know everyone DJs. I think (laughs) I DJ on the side. Uh, My kids really like that. But you were early to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've been now known for your Web3 presence, which we'll get to. It's no longer a fluke. It probably never was. It's something you've worked hard at and almost forced yourself to move to the next thing, maybe when it wasn't comfortable. And so what I'd love to learn and and hopefully our listeners learn is how do you do it? Where does the trend spotting come from? How should others think about that to try to emulate the fact that you've been ahead of this curve this whole time? Well, thank you very much. I've always been ahead of my time. I've always been an innovator, someone who sees into the future. And it just happens naturally. I think it's just something that you have or you don't have. I don't know. I just feel that 
being an Aquarius as well is something where we're very creative or very future thinking people. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, I think if you think about it, you, your career really has been defined as being future thinking, right? And one of the things that I appreciate about the way you operate in a business environment is that there's very few brands that have such global scale like you but you're actually willing to experiment, right? And so most of the time when brand gets as big and as global as you, people are, are not willing to experiment. But I think about things like the metaverse and Roblox, 22 months ago when you decided to build Paris World, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, it wasn't that obvious that brands and celebrities would do that. Thankfully, you never fail, but you're always willing to experiment. So how do you continue to resonate with audiences year over year. What is it about yourself, do you think, that really connects with people across America, across the world, and has done so over that amount of time? And is it the same thing? I think because I'm kind and I have a big heart. And uh, I used to travel over 250 days out of the year for the past two decades up until the pandemic. I've traveled all around the world. I have such an amazing relationship with my fans. I think that people see that I'm genuine. I've always involved myself in really interesting projects. I love being at first at things. So I love taking risks and authentic. Yeah, authentic. being authentic. And yeah. yeah, definitely. I think in the beginning, it's because it was the first reality show. And, um, you know, everything that I was doing was very new and basically created this whole new genre of celebrity. And now I've really taken that and built this huge platform. And now I'm really just using that platform for my purpose right now, which is really turning my pain into a purpose and all my legislation work and all my activism work. And so we'll something get I'm to really that. proud of. We definitely yes. want to hear about that for sure. But I, just before we lose this thread, Carter, you've now watched it up close for at least several years now. Let me ask you the yeah. same question. What do you think makes uh, yeah, I think people like, gravitate to her? Yeah, I think if you think about it, like Paris, you always talk about your grandfather. As the founders of Hilton Hotel, they really taught you about customer service and that connectivity with your fans. And I think you're well known for how you connect with your fans. I know you've talked about one of the reasons you jumped on social media was you said, oh, wow, this is a way that I could keep in touch with my fans at a global scale and things like that. I personally think what's so unique about you I remember when uh, your now agent was coming to get you, he said, there's very few people in the world are so multi-hyphenated. There's people who grew up watching The Simple Life. There's people who just think you're the greatest DJ ever. Probably true. There's people that buy your products and your perfume. It all depends on where they are in the world and kind of how they've interacted with her. We meet what, 13, 14 year old boys and girls who are just going, I love Paris World and Roblox. And they might not, they probably don't know about The Simple Life or they probably don't know about the other things. They do. It's, they do too, it's okay. streaming everywhere. <laughs> They're all obsessed with it. It's so cute. You can't escape Paris. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how big the business of Paris is for a second. Give our listeners a sense of how big that is in terms of branding, because I don't think people appreciate how big an enterprise you are. They know you're a celebrity, but can you put any numbers or Carter, if, if she doesn't feel comfortable? Yeah, she's too, hum she's yeah. too humble. Yeah. I'm going to have to okay, do this as the proud husband. Please do. You know, the stat I think always gets people's attention is her product business has done $4 billion, and that's with a B. B. I make sure you didn't think that was with an M. $4 yep. billion in revenue in the last two decades. To give some perspective, she gets about $2.8 billion of earned media value a year, which would make her the equivalent of the largest advertiser in the U.S. 
And now you have businesses across TV with Warner Brothers, audio with iHeart. So you have two of your own TV shows in development on probably three or four others. You got one podcast of your own, Writing four others. Writing my third book. Third, third book, book that's coming 30th out. 30th Fragrance is about to come out. 19 product lines. Um, my Roblox metaverse, the other metaverses we're building, Sandbox, and other places, which I can't announce yet. Oh, some breaking news. But literally, this, I like, would have to is, pull out the deck because it's so many things. That so I'm this doing. is all under the banner of 1111 Media, correct? Yep. Yes. Today, it's organized like that. You did Paris Hilton Enterprise in like 2006. That was like the first generation. And mm -hmm. now this is 1111. Yes. And that encompasses all the things we've talked about. Branding, podcast, TV production, all those things. Yep. All the verticals. So brands, you mentioned $4 billion of brand revenue. That's perfumes. That's all assortment of different items that you're promoting. Clothing, right? handbags, Clothing. sunglasses, shoes. All those things. Lingerie, Truly all those things. Got it all. Unbelievable. And some of it is your brand. Some of it is their brand. It's a mix of things. Mostly my brands. Your brands. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the criteria? Because I'm sure they're coming at you every day that you use to determine if you're going to work with a company. Just having a meeting with them and also doing research to make sure that they're credible and trustworthy. If it's a clothing line, I want to see which factory it's being made out of, what kind of fabrics are using, if it's high quality, and then other brands, if it aligns with my brand in some way, or if it's just an amazing offer. <laughs> and so on the offer part, I'm curious, uh, do you look at these in terms of potentially taking equity in these businesses? Are you doing just straight sponsorship or percentage of sales? How do you determine where you kind of go long on the business versus just kind of the momentary payment type? It depends on what type of business it is or what type of product. If I know it's something in the long run that's going to be worth more, I'll take more equity rather than the straight payment. So yeah, it just really depends on that. Are there any that you regret that you didn't do perhaps that you were like, wow, they were going to give me vitamin water or something crazy that you didn't end up doing? Yes. <laughs> One that I really regret is Facebook because we got approached for me to be one of the first celebrity friends on there. And my team at the time said, no, we're going to create our own Facebook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still so angry at my agent for doing and saying Unbelievable. That. Alex, do you remember when uh, Facebook IPO, how much the mural guy made? No. I don't even want to know. The guy who made the mural in their <laughs> oh, first office. Yes. I think he made 250 million. So can oh, you imagine? I've made up for it, but still. I think you've done okay. But let's talk about the social platform. So you were early, clearly, if Facebook's approaching you in the early days to use your star power then, and there have been many since. You have zillions of followers on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, for sure. I think 20 million or so on Instagram. What are the platforms that really resonate with you today? I love Instagram. That's my favorite. And definitely Instagram is important for people to have. And okay, also so building Instagram. their avatar, Meta, I think that is going to be definitely the future. So Carter, of course, founded venture capital firm M13, which I found out is about the brightest cluster of stars. <laughs> Paris hit song was Stars Are Blind. I don't know if that was complete, you know, <laughs> just happenstance you came together. I'm a Leo, by the way, in case you were wondering. Uh, so we are compatible. I wasn't. You're, oh, you yes, were But uh, Paris was wondering, I could tell. Mm -hmm. And she's an Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. Yeah. Right? So we are compatible. We have synastry. Yep. I believe it's I study all of it. I love it. So... Carter, 
you were talking about a social media platform in your investing hat. Uh, tell me about this one because it's one I had never heard of. Yeah, one of the ones that I've stumbled upon recently is called Be Real. And I think, you know, one of the challenges on all these social platforms is they've lost a lot of their authenticity. And I think that's why people gravitate towards something like TikTok. People can be more authentic. It's video and be their kind of real self. But Be Real is a platform where at some moment in time, a push notification sent to you. And I forget if you have a minute or two minutes and you have to basically snap a photo. And so it really allows people to be authentic in that moment. And so I think you're seeing a lot of stuff that like anything, as these platforms get bigger, they become more saturated. Maybe they lose some of their charm they had in the original days. And so seeing a lot of kind of Gen Z platforms starting to emerge. That's an interesting one. I don't know that. How about from an investing standpoint, I mentioned the creator economy. Carter, just ground us, creator economy, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, what basically am I referring to? Yeah, I just think about the creator economy is all the businesses and monetization streams that I think it's estimated there's about 50 million creators in the world. I think about 48 million of those are part-time and about 2 million professional creators that make the majority of their income from all things creative. So it's a big number, 2 million people. So it is a big universe of people. Paris, as a creator, influencer, celebrity, you sit on the top of that mountain for sure. And it's a small summit, but there are all these people. First of all, what's your perspective on that? When you started the celebrity life, if you will, with the simple life and just that sort of fame, could you ever imagine a world where we have 50 million people who think they can in some ways be like you? which is have that notoriety and at least have a following that could lead to some sort of revenue generation. I think it's amazing. And I feel so proud just being ahead of my time before there was even a name for the word influencer. I was already doing it. And just to see so many people following in my footsteps just makes me feel really good. Someone asked me the other day, they said to find Paris in one sentence. And I said, I think she's the first person to understand the power of personal branding. So up until Paris Hilton, somebody was an athlete and therefore they were famous or someone was an actress or therefore they were famous. But Paris was the first one and maybe Paris, you could expand on it. But I remember seeing something that you said, I understood that I was my own brand, that 24-7 I was a living billboard and that's how you operated. And uh, I think that's really insightful. We see it now today, but it really all started with you. The OG. <laughs> the OG, the original influencer. Mm -hmm. That is a powerful title. Self-proclaimed, but also people give it to you, I think. I, I think people you... gave me that nickname, so... Like this it. is a cute Sticks. story. She mm -hmm. couldn't figure out about 18 months ago, people kept putting goats in her Instagram newsfeed. No way. The goat emoji. No way. And she was removing the comments like, why are these people doing goats? I was like, Paris, that means you're the greatest of all, all time. time. I She's didn't like, know what it was in the beginning. So I was literally like blocking and erasing people. Who were running, I was like, goats? what are they saying? Like, Goat. I don't, I don't well, get it. Well, you are the goat. So yeah. you've seen that trajectory. Now we have these 50 million people. Carter, you're a venture investor. There have been many platforms that have built around this economy. Some of the big ones we mentioned, the Snaps, the Instagrams, the TikToks, et cetera, but many others that are helping creators monetize like Patreon or Substack or Canva, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's dozens and dozens. And tens of millions, billions of dollars have flowed into that economy. But we've seen very few, almost no exits in the space. We've seen very few of the companies go public. Again, not the mega platforms, but all this surround Cameo, et cetera. From a venture perspective, do you think we have to start seeing those exits before more capital goes in? What's the disconnect between having such a huge addressable market, having these companies grow, but then sort of having a cap, at least to date, on what's gone on? 
Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think people have to remember that the creator economy is relatively nascent. So there's 50 million people today, but these companies have only been around for four or five years. You look at Spotter and others and even Cameo, they're relatively new. And you think about from a venture-backed company from inception to exit, more traditionally, it's eight or 10 years. I think people forget things like Uber and Lyft and Pinterest and Snap, they took that long. And so I think people are still trying to figure out where kind of the venture scale returns are in the creator economy. But when you have 50 million people around the world, either making a full-time living or a part-time living as a creator, it clearly tells you there's a big addressable market. And you obviously touched on a lot of things that are front-facing, but there's also a lot of tools around business management and kind of, I guess, creator enablement tools. And that's one of the areas we also focus on in 13. So I think you're going to see some strong exits, depending on if the world cooperates or not over the coming years. I think we're still relatively early. Still early. Okay. This is a bit of an, I'm going to put it out there. So if and when you have children, I'm not saying you have to, if you do. We're having children, Alex. We can't wait, <laughs> right? Yes. I love it. All right. I'll let you, you've already talked about this actually. Yeah. You know this. Is it soon? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. We got married, and now we're gonna start a family soon. I we can't it. tell you anything before we it. tell our own family, right. Alex. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> please don't get me in trouble here. I'm sorry. We, we okay. You guys determine the timeline of that. However, the question here is: Would you let your children do what you did? Would you allow them to be creators? Would you let them to have this sort of fame and following and use all these platforms that you have used to be an influencer? Yes. No, I don't. I wouldn't want. No, it, no. I just feel it's, it's there's some parts that are good about it, but I think some could be like a toxic environment for like a teenage girl. I can't imagine having social media back when I was like 13 years old. Just the pressures of all of it and everything. I just feel that I don't know for a young girl, especially it's kind it's of a lot. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. We've talked about this and Paris always gives the same answer that she's not going to let our children be uh, following their mom's footsteps. I told her we're going to have to fight the good fight. I recently showed her on Google. I Googled Paris Hilton. 143 million web pages came up. And so I said, just imagine the conversation with our future children. Says, oh well, why gosh. can't I did it, mommy? I'm pulling up this web page. It looked like you went to a nightclub. You were an influencer. You shot this campaign. So we're going to have our hands full, aren't we, Paris? No. <laughs> I was oh, going to say, I hope she here. looks Edit like that. mom. And I definitely hope she looks like mom. Acts like dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going with both with mom. But <laughs> how about this? Just to fall in line with that same question about children. What, how old until they could get a phone? I don't know. We haven't even thought about that yet. So let's talk about, you, you talked about the nascency of creator economy. Even more nascent is Web3. The crypto world, blockchain, etc. Paris, we talked about, you were very early on in embracing this. Things started happening in that world in 14, 15, 16. They really accelerated the pandemic. And now we're in a bit of a crypto winter, right? Bitcoin's down dramatically, Ethereum, a lot of these projects. Tell us, first of all, what attracted you to the space? And part of that, you created Paris World on Roblox, which is a big success, millions of people. And where do you think it's going? Are you still as excited as you were in those early days as you are today, given now that it's not the cool thing to do it, at least at the moment? I got attracted to the space back in 2016 when I had dinner with the founders of Ethereum and they just started talking to me about cryptocurrencies and I just found it really fascinating. So I invested into Bitcoin and Ethereum and then I did my first NFT drop in 2019 
And then my second drop went, I set the highest female comp for my one of one going for $1.111 million. So that made me very proud just to be a female in the space and to make history with that. In 2017, I was doing my documentary, The American Meme, and I had already created a Paris world where I was an avatar and people can come watch me DJ and you could be whatever you wanted to be. But the technology obviously wasn't available that many years ago. So when I saw Roblox, I was like, oh my God, this is basically what I was talking about, but not in VR. Started working with Dash and DJ Ski and created Paris World. I think the way like Paris and I talk about it a lot is just the technology that Web3 represents, blockchain and what it can do from a smart contracts perspective, an authenticity perspective, makes too much sense not to be a fundamental shift. We always talk about NFT technology. When people say NFT, they're really talking about digital art, but really it's NFT technology, right? It's a non-fungible token that allows you to start a loyalty club or verify a baseball card or something like that. And one of the things that we track as VCs is where are all the most talented people going. And I can tell you with a thousand percent certainty, all the most talented people are iterating around Web3. And so I think, you know, we can't even imagine the use cases today, but I think those of us, whether it's from the creator side like Paris or us in the venture committee, just believe that it makes too much sense not to be a fundamental shift, but we're at the tip of the iceberg here. Is the equivalent, the late 90s internet boom, that that technology that underpinned it obviously became a huge, massive yeah. wave? Though. I mean, I was giving somebody the example the other day. Remember when people would say, oh my God, I don't want to buy something online. I don't want to give my credit card to online. You know, things like that. And now imagine how silly that sounds to us. People are always skeptical of new technologies. And I think when you and I go to ESPN.com, we don't go, oh, we had a great HTTPS experience today, right? It's just ESPN.com and the technology is the underpinnings. In the same way, right now, people are thinking about it in the same way. Soon, this will just be the technology that powers how we move money around or how we buy a car or how we verify that someone's in a fan club or authenticity of a painting or things like that. It'll be the oxygen and there'll be some big winners. It's just we're having a shakeout now. But you're long. You guys are long Web3. Yes. Big believers. Mm -hmm. But by the way, we started this with how are you able to trend spot? I want to pull a thread on you just talked about the founders of Ethereum came to you and asked for dinner. And so you had the curiosity to have that dinner because I'm sure a lot of people are like, this is wasting my time, it's 2016. <laughs> and not only did you have that dinner, you embraced and listened to what was going on and say, hey, there's something here. I'd like to experiment. Mm -hmm. I'd like to put out there that I think it's because you're willing to experiment. And these ideas find you initially, but what you are doing is having the curiosity to accept them and then execute against them. Yes, I'm fair? an undercover nerd. Let's talk briefly about your activism, because I know this is a very big topic for you. You do want to give back. This has become a focal point. You were in Washington, D.C. recently. Tell us a little bit about this social justice initiative, really, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the people who have not seen my documentary, This is Paris, go check it out on YouTube. But the people who haven't seen it yet... Uh, basically, when I was 16, I moved to New York and was sneaking out, not getting good grades. So my parents sent me to this boarding school, which they thought was a normal boarding school, um, but it wasn't. And uh, it was just so traumatizing. They were just extremely abusive. And um, 
when I got out of there, I just made a promise to myself that I was never going to talk about it with anyone again because it was just too painful to even think about. And um, then when I was doing my documentary, I found out from the director that not only is it still happening today, but it's a $23 billion a year industry, that there's thousands of these schools that have opened all around in every single state and that 150,000 children a year are being sent to these places. And it's not just private placement. It's also children from the juvenile justice system, children from foster care, children with disabilities. These children are literally dying in the name of treatment. There's been hundreds of deaths. Children are being physically, emotionally, sexually, and psychologically abused. So when I found all this out, I I knew I needed to use my voice and tell my story. I'm so proud of the impact it's made. We've already changed laws in five states and changed laws as well all the way over in Ireland and England. Yeah, it's been a lot of work, but I feel like this is my mission in life and I'm not going to stop fighting until change is made. That's fantastic. Really? And don't leave out that you're introducing your federal legislation this fall. Oh, yes, I You'll am. You'll be back in D.C. I'll be back in D.C. again. We're introducing the Stop Institutional Child Abuse Act. So I will be back. She's had lots of congressmen and senators sliving around Capitol Hill. She's been there two or three times. It's amazing. Did you just uh, say sliving? Sliving, one of her urban dictionary words. Yes. Can we please define that for the audience? It's a word I invented, mean slang and living your best life. Wow, that's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another word there? she invented, Alex. We respect there? that. Yeah. I just, some nickel just it, went slotted into yeah. someone. Yeah. Do you um, know how many uh, views that's hot hashtag has on TikTok? How many? Seven and a half billion. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Is it it's Paris trademarked? Is pop culture. Is it, it is trademarked? trademarked, yeah. Yes. She won a very famous trademark case against Hallmark, and that's uh, taught at Georgetown Law School, all kinds of places. Another but... reason for you to go to DC. But not to, <laughs> not to take away from the social justice initiative, Carter, did you know this was in her? I can't say people necessarily think of you as championing something like this, and you've really taken the start. I think before we even started taping this, you were with 60 Minutes telling the story. Yes. So look out for that. Are you yeah. impressed? blown away or was always there and whatever. This Look, is what I'm impressed does. by Paris every single yeah. day being such a kind and authentic person, but also just such a successful businesswoman and now honestly adding social advocate to it. Paris has always been very philanthropic. It's well-documented everywhere she travels, going to orphanages. She's donated children's wing to the children's hospital here in LA, but it was amazing and it will forever be part of our love story to see in her ethos two weeks after we watched the documentary and reading thousands of letters at our house and her realizing how she could use her platform to make an impact. impact. And there's a reason why the third ever hire at 11.11 was ahead of impact because Paris has decided that she wants to make a world a better place. And so it's just awesome to see her fighting. And especially in this case, it's so hard for her to talk about it and bring up those memories from 20 years ago. But the people that stop us in the streets or come rally with us, hundreds of survivors when she's in DC and just talk about what an impact she's made on their life and as part of their healing process is uh, just Very incredible cool. to see. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Thank so you. when we think just, so 1111 Media, you just mentioned prong of that as philanthropy or social justice or advocacy, but basically think of it a wheel. It's essentially all these different elements under one umbrella, which is where the world is going if you have the type of platform you have, which is to monetize the brand in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And so congratulations. And Thank I you. and I think that's exciting. And I assume as a venture investor, you would be 
very much an advocate of investing <laughs> in this type of thing. Yeah, and, she won't take my money or all the other people who offer her checks, but she's well, building an she incredible need business. Yeah. She doesn't need it. All right, so let's go to a lightning round here. Ready? We're going to just ask a series of questions just to get to know you guys better because everyone thinks they know Paris Hilton. They know some things, not everything. All right, <laughs> so favorite podcast that is not your podcast, although plug, plug, Paris has a podcast on iHeart, correct? Mm -hmm. What do you listen to that's not your own, that's a podcast? I'm going with Tim <laughs> Ferriss. I love Tim Ferriss's podcast. Yeah, me too. You're going with Tim Ferriss. You feel good about that? Yes. Tim Final Ferris. answer. Final answer, Tim Ferriss. Okay. How about a book? Is there a book that you've recently read or is it something that you pick up perhaps over and over again because it's just something about it that really is powerful to you? My favorite book is by my husband. No, I refuse <laughs> yes, that answer. Shortcut your startup, Alex. <laughs> I refuse um, that answer. Shortcut your startup is Carter's book. Yeah, I love that book. There has to be a book. Come on. Well, I'm writing my third book right now, which I love, which I've been reading. <laughs> and I love The Power of Now. Power I've read it now. three times. I just think it's really powerful and it really works. Favorite DJ? Me. <laughs> I'm trying with this. I'm going chain smokers. Chain smokers. Martin Garrix. Okay. I like that one. Okay. All right. TV show, TV series. You guys. This ever, is the problem, Alex. You keep asking questions about every genre Paris well, Hilton is in. in every she's genre. in everything. So obviously, right. our favorite the, TV show is Paris in Love. Uh, this is things Paris. like The Simple Life. Yeah, we, we get it. We Gosh. get it. But the caveat overall is it can't be yours. <laughs> so you get home after a long day. Do you guys do normal people things like you'll turn on Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus and actually like stream a show? Yes. And watch a movie like celebrities that are like yeah. us. Yes. We're and totally wh normal. What's it? <laughs> I love to cook and then we. You have a cooking show. You did a cooking show. Yes. What is your favorite recipe? My lasagna, my sliving lasagna. Sliving lasagna. That was the first thing she cooked for my mom. I didn't know that was her famous recipe. She's like, oh, maybe I'll cook lasagna tonight. Little did I know is the famous sliving lasagna. We all ate it and fell in love with her even more after that night. <laughs> is there a frozen food brand in your future or a line? Cookware line. Cookware this fall. line. Oh, yeah. cookware. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, sure. You um, can get it on Amazon. Get it Alex. on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be checking. That is stocking stuffers for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So you like to cook. You like it. What's a show though? What's a show or series that you guys particularly like or have liked recently? We loved Shit's Creek during the pandemic. I thought that was so funny. I can imagine. I love that show. That is a very cool mm -hmm. show. Fantastic show. Carter, you have a vote? I'm going to go Ted Lasso. Just feel good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. That was cute too. I love that show. All right. Rest of the summer, exciting plans. Paris is going to DJ at the largest music festival in the world. 500,000 people in Belgium, Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. Do you get nervous, Paris, when you yeah, do that? Yeah, tell us about that. Yes, of course. Every time I'm about to walk out on stage, especially at this venue, it's 500,000 people. It's a little nerve-wracking. But as soon as I get up there and everyone's screaming and I start playing the music. How do you conquer that? I'm Are you, you still have nerves at this point? You've done this for so long of all varieties. I feel like I always get nervous because I'm a naturally shy person. But my advice is just to go out there and feel confident and feel your best and just live. Live. I know. <laughs> yes. We have ESP. I love it. And what a way to nail it right yes. there. Well, guys, it is so great 
to have you on the show. We are big fans of yours. And obviously you're creating individually and together just such a spectacular both business initiative, social initiatives, and I can't wait to see what trend you go for next. And we'll be watching. Thank you guys. All really right. Can we call it. you when she sells 1111 Alex? Yes, 100%. All right. Line, Line tree, tree for here. life. Love it, guys. Thank <laughs> you so much. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you want to check out any prior episodes, find us and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Feel free to leave a review as well as it helps people find the show. You can also follow us on social media at KindredCast for behind-the-scenes photos and info. Listen to KindredCast on SiriusXM every Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Business Radio Channel 132 or stream shows on demand in the SiriusXM app.